Our reading today is from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 21. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They, they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Amen. Switching microphones now. Hopefully everybody can still hear me. It's really an honor to be sharing what God has placed on my heart. But before we get stuck into our passage this morning, let's pray. Heavenly Father, speak to us now through your word. By the power of your Holy Spirit and according to our needs. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. It really is a joy to be here this morning, and I'm delighted that I was asked to speak on John chapter 10. Do you know, it's real. For me, it's personal, and it's full of hope. 
There are so many competing voices in today's world. I suppose the hedonistic mantra of our times goes something like this. The pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. But which voice do we listen to? Which voice do we listen to? And where do we look for hope? A few days ago, another young man from our part of the city ended his life. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I think he was only 21. Heartbreaking for his family and for his friends. And national and world affairs, they're not much better. These days, hope appears to be in very short supply. But there's one voice that offers something uniquely different. Those who have ears to hear, may you recognize and respond to his voice, the voice of Jesus the good shepherd. Our passage this morning is incredibly dense and we could devote an entire series, I think, to its exposition. But I'm guessing you're probably going to want to go and get lunch at some point. So we're not going to attempt to cover everything. First, let me set the passage in context and then I'll try to unpack some of what I think are its most important truths. Now, today's reading follows the story of the man who had been born blind, who was healed by Jesus. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, couldn't see what was obvious to the formerly blind man. That Jesus was not, in fact, a sinner, but was sent from God. The man then claimed to be his disciple. And so he was cast out of the synagogue. Jesus found him. He professed belief in Jesus and he worshipped him. In the hearing of some religious leaders, Jesus then goes on to say, I have come into the world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. In today's reading, Jesus uses a number of metaphors or pictures. Pictures from everyday life to communicate truths to his listeners. His listeners were presumably the spiritually blind religious leaders from the previous chapter. On first reading, it's not entirely clear how these different sayings of Jesus connect. But here are some thoughts. Let's read the first couple of verses again. I'm not sure if we'll get it on screen, but very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. 
So in this first picture, the sheep are in a pen or a sheepfold. This would have been an enclosure where several families kept their sheep with a hired watchman to guard the gate. Now, those who were authorized to enter would do so quite naturally through the gate. The gatekeeper would recognize them, recognize the shepherd, and let him in. On the other hand, the one whose interest is stealing or wounding the sheep would avoid the gate, climbing in some other way. It's very hard to read these verses without thinking of Ezekiel chapter 34. In that passage, the Lord rebukes the shepherds of Israel, the religious leaders of Ezekiel's day. They stand accused of slaughtering the choice animals, the best of the animals, clothing themselves with wool, yet utterly failing to look after the flock. In verse 4, the prophet says this, You have not strengthened the weak, or healed those who are ill, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly, and brutally. God insists they are his sheep, his flock. And he goes on to say, I will rescue my flock. I will bring them out from the nations. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. So, in the context of our passage, the thieves and robbers are those who are more interested in fleecing the sheep than in guiding, nurturing, and guarding them. The religious leaders of the previous chapter, those who should have had ears to hear Jesus' claim and recognize him as the revelation from God, but who instead belittle and cast out the sheep as they did to the man born blind whom Jesus had healed. The sheep, though, recognize the voice of their shepherd. In the ancient Near East, shepherds would often stand outside of the big sheep pen at different spots. They would utter their own unique, peculiar calls and their own sheep would come out and gather around their shepherd. This shepherd, the shepherd of this metaphor, though, goes further. He calls his own sheep by name, by name, and he leads them out. So, our shepherd knows his sheep as individuals. He cares 
for each and every one. Each and every one. As our shepherd, Jesus calls to each of us by name. But will you recognize his voice and follow him? Or will you listen to the competing voices of this world? In our second picture, Jesus is no longer the shepherd. Instead, he describes himself as the gate protecting the sheep from the thieves and robbers. Now, I found out that shepherds would often sleep in front of the entrance to the sheepfold. And so, there's a sense in which the gate may actually be the shepherd himself. Let me read from verse 9, verses 9 and 10. I'm not sure if we can get that on the screen. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So what's going on? Jesus is promising his hearers three things. Firstly, salvation. He says anyone who enters God's presence through him, the gate, will be saved. Anyone who enters God's presence through Jesus will be saved. That's a promise. Secondly, he promises safety. Jesus is not just a means, but he is the sole means by which the sheep may enter the safety of the fold. And as a shepherd, he will lead them out and keep them safe as they graze on the pasture. So firstly, salvation. Secondly, safety. And thirdly, satisfaction. The sheep also pass through Jesus the gate to go out to the rich forage of pasture. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This suggests fat, contented, flourishing sheep. The food accessed through Jesus will therefore satisfy our every spiritual need. This is where it gets real. You know, I think most of us are searching. Perhaps you feel or have felt empty or unfulfilled. Like something somewhere is missing. And as yet unidentified, perhaps even existential need crying out from somewhere deep inside. But the truth is we have no idea 
very often how to fill this void. So we listen to the competing voices of the world, this broken world in which we live, and we pursue happiness, intimacy, wealth, or power, indeed any such thing. These, of course, are not bad, except except when they distract us from the one voice, that is, the voice of Jesus. He who freely offers salvation, safety, and satisfaction. Finally, in our third picture, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. The shepherd is contrasted to the hired hand who has no real care for the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. He's not invested in them in the same way as the owner, the shepherd. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The good shepherd, though, lays down his life for the sheep, says Jesus. And of course, we know this is exactly what Jesus would go on to do. More than a man, God himself, more than a man, God himself, he died, Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. This, my friends, is the reckless love of God. How can we ever get our heads around that? How can we comprehend that God would die on a cross in our place because of the wrong things that we've thought, said, and done to bring us back into relationship with our Heavenly Father? How can we fathom that? Does that not seem to us utterly reckless? But that's Jesus. The voices I listened to in my time of wandering took me to some very dark places. But Jesus, the good shepherd, called me out and I followed him. Do you have ears to hear this morning? Do you have ears to hear this morning? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus gives us these pictures with which we can identify a shepherd who looks after his sheep a gate through whom we can pass to receive salvation, to be assured of safety, and to be satisfied that our every deep innermost need would be met. Thank you. If there's anyone here who's not yet understood that there's a way open to them through Jesus, the gate 
into the safety of the fold, then perhaps you can come and speak to me later or someone you trust. Or perhaps you'll come along to Alpha on Tuesday. Amen.